Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. And apparently a confused Gene Galvin. Yeah. Gene, my gosh, we're on the air now. I was freaking out. You're on the air if it's a podcast, do you? I got, and I think it's pretty exciting, and I'm so anxious to tell this on the air, and I thought, my God, I don't have it. I do have it. I mixed up some stuff, but I got this envelope, and I can tell by the postmark and the outside address. It's something that you referenced recently, Jerry, that you heard, and apparently you are right, we have been nominated for some prestigious award for this podcast. And that's a big deal. Would you agree, Megan? You're not here much, I know. <laughs> and we had just heard... But I can swing your, by. Your, your, yeah, appreciate your swinging by. Yeah, you know. No here, the, what is it, next Marlene week, or Megan? <laughs> Megan. Knock it off. And next week you're going to be in the I, Caribbean. Jerry says Caribbean, yeah, but Caribbean. you say Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway. We, but yeah, that's a big deal. But I a big need deal. to know so what I'm it is. Was it called an Otis Award? What is oh, it? see, this has apparently been on social media. I've but not heard we got of it. Okay, here's what this what? says. This is a letter. I have the actual letter announcing this, and I'm going to read this. This is a letter from the Otis Awards Group, LLC. And it says, oh, in parentheses, see, I thought it was the elevator people. But they say we are not capitals, all capitals, N-O-T, not associated with the elevator company. Let's not let that stop us. But anyway, we have been nominated for this thing for Elevator Comics. No. That's why they call it the Otis Awards. That, that's why they call well, that's oh why they God. do call it the Otis yeah. Awards. But it apparently. We won an Otis. We, we could. We no, could. We've been nominated. We've been it's nominated. It's a privilege for an Otis. just to be nominated. Because that's what really? I think, Megan. Give me up high, it's girl. That's what I think. So, so this it says, well, I'm going to read the letter because yeah, I haven't read this yet. I had a bad I gotta be of, honest, I've never heard of the, <laughs> yeah, the Otis yeah, Group yeah, LLC. Fair enough. My bad. So oh, fair enough. Is that's it fair, okay? It's, it's a small circle. Well, it's they don't fair, say the, the Oscars LLC. Just right. say it's, we got nominated for an Otis. We did. Got nominated. Well, it says it says it right here. We are pleased to announce that you have been nominated <laughs> for a prestigious Otis Award. Oh, in the category of most creative. Nice. That's the category. For your elevator comics concept, we have not yet caught your act, but the feedback to our <laughs> nominating committee was brisk and positive. That's pretty darn cool. So wait, we were what? we were nom- what? The feedback nominated for, for an most Otis creative most in the category of most creative. How could the feedback be brisk? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's the best way they could listen to your act. Well, that's how they quickly. put it, Jerry. Yeah. I didn't write not the letter. That it was really hey, good. I didn't write it the letter. It was brisk. It was no the feedback. The feedback Matt, Matt, was kept coming, coming and coming yeah. and coming quickly. You would positive. have had to be on our elevator to have heard it. Well, apparently they got reports They were not. They said us. so very clearly they were not hey, look, on your elevator, do you know, which may be why you're nominated. <laughs> maybe, no, listen. <laughs> folk School Coffee Parlor, well, folks, I think Folk School Coffee Parlor has received accolades from 
something like Cincinnati Magazine yeah. or oh, entities well, sure, like that. Oh, sure, for the podcast. And that, that's because they get feedback that says, hey, Wait, Yeah, but how place. brisk is that? Oh, <laughs> brisk. No, but they get real feedback from like actual see, customers is, and patrons, not people, for the podcast, but, yeah, but for their, what they're actually <laughs> no, doing. People listening for the first time, okay, they don't know what we're talking about. David, do you have the elevator comics ad this spot is running all across america oh my god and our booker we i mean we jerry and And i use the actor our booker is uh lining up we haven't done any yet but but also in our territory not just in the 50 states but in in our territory huge in puerto rico and all the english isles oh my god because you were born in england yeah, David, yeah, play the elevator co- so people know what we're talking about. Sure. Every time she hears this. Here we go. Hey, I'm Jerry Springer. I'm Gene Galvin. And we're the Elevator Comics. We perform in some of the best elevators in the country, telling eye-watering jokes in as few as two floors. But we want to entertain a car full of conventioneers stuck on the 14th floor for 40 minutes. Call your favorite hotel and tell them that you want the Elevator Comics on your next ride. We're the hottest new act in the laughing world. I seen Springer and Galvin in a hotel elevator in Jackson, Mississippi, and they was hilarious. Best two-floor ride of my life. Hey, Jerry, what were you saying to that guy in the lobby? He was telling me you just bought the best hearing aid money can buy. I said, yeah, what kind is it? He said, four o'clock. <laughs> the elevator comics were fast, topical, and usually family-friendly. When the sun goes down, so do we. Our sizzling adult set starts nightly at 9. The Elevator Comics. You'll never take the stairs again. Guy says to me the other day on one of the rides, ballroom, please. I said, sorry, I didn't know I was crowding you. (laughs) Okay, sixth floor, folks. Enjoy your stay and call the front desk if you need extra towels. Watch your step getting off. We've got to pay the insurance bill. Elevator Comics are brought to you by Up and Down Productions. All right, now, uh, you know, it's funny. While that ad was playing, well, here's what I'm curious about. Who are we competing with in the category category. (laughs) of most creative? Because apparently, according to this letter, it's three people, three groups or entities or acts vying for most, to win most creative in an elevator. Most creative. I don't know, but that's what we're up for. Well, for maybe a some Otis. Art, maybe people paint things. I don't know. Well, let's see. Here are two. Somebody commented online that it was named after Otis on Andy Griffith. Huh? Oh, after, oh. <laughs> interesting. No kidding. Okay. All right. Here's here's well, who are starting to get experts. Here's I know. Here's our competition. Oh, yes. this is interesting. Oh. See, I haven't read this. Bunnies on the elevators. This is an act from Orlando, so, Florida. Hold on, hold on. These are all creative use of an elevator. It's that specific. Yes, I, look, Megan, I just heard about <laughs> this. Realize that. I, I don't really know, crazy. but yeah. Who would put bunnies <laughs> on an elevator? Well, let me read this, and we'll maybe we'll. If you find walked out. onto an elevator and you saw bunnies hopping around there, oh, listen, no, it does make sense. Oh, Playboy bunnies? An act? No, 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 oh. no, no. Regular hu- live. Let's say human <laughs> bunnies. No. People yeah. want to like you. Yeah. God. Usually, you have to go to the third floor. But go ahead. Bunnies on the elevators from Orlando, Florida, where a motel allows live bunnies to run free in their elevators, giving children great delight. So that's that's why they do that there. They must think you come down to Disney World. Yeah, get on. You can see these kids saying... I want to go to that motel where they got the bunnies <laughs> running yeah. around. Well, what, what's the say. other competition? But there? when the doors the open, don't the bunnies oh, run this out? this is good. I don't know. 
I, really I think they're sedated. Not apparently they're, they're kind sedated, of sedated oh, bunnies. Oh, we're gonna, oh my God. Okay, here's the other Peter one. Yelling. Here's our other competition. Because I think we can beat bunnies on the elevator. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. No, we can beat that. I don't think we. You right, here's, be, this one looks you a little tougher. If you beat bunnies, you're going to be getting <laughs> Peter's all, all, all over you. you can't okay, the second one is. So oh my God. <laughs> Jimmy Jim's. Rocket elevators. What? Oh my God! It's what from Reno, Nevada, well, where Jimmy Jim has has sped up his elevators, elevator motors, giving the motor, giving the motel riders a sensation of actual G forces <laughs> <laughs> while they go up and down. That's creative. I don't know if we that's can beat pretty that. creative. <laughs> I don't think we oh, can beat God. that. Oh, God. And it says, so Jimmy. So <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> and it says, Jimmy Jim stuff. requires that you have. <laughs> <laughs> we mean my own stuff. I don't write this stuff. <laughs> Good thing the writer's strike got resolved. Hey, anyway, no. Jimmy Jim requires people to wear helmets on those. Oh, oh look at this. This what? is bull crap. It says oh. here in parentheses, this is from the nominee committee. Very, LLC. No, <laughs> very creative. See, that makes it sound like they're kind of. They're giving them Jimmy Jim's I think they're the, giving the them preference. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It says, good luck. Please let us know how many guests you will be bringing to the. Uh, dinner ceremony? to the awards dinner. <laughs> Where is Tickets dinner cost $200 each. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Oh. I think I'll I tell get you, it, Megan. I think we can win. Bring oh. anyone you want to in about said. And what does the trophy look like? What does the Otis statue You're look like? Jerry, I got to tell you. You're just way too into you, this. You, uh, they, you get a, like a elevator? Kind of? <laughs> yes, yeah, like a, with the door half open. Yeah. I guess. Well, I think really? you're a shoe-in, gentlemen. I really do. <laughs> yeah, see, you're not. <laughs> Well, we could build support if we start hitting some of the elevators it's around grassroots, town. Grassroots, man. Do your grassroots efforts. We're here. <laughs> Let's ask people. Let's go to all the big hotels here in Ludlow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hop on the bus. And, and do what? Take the tour. <laughs> do our act. Come well, to Ludlow, yeah. Kentucky, and, and listen to our act. That will get, look, you know. That, you know, I've and, never asked a question. Catfish, do you have an elevator at the folk school coffee parlor that goes up? You, go, you leave to go up. He's got a He's dumb got a waiter. Dumb, that could work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got a dumb act. But I'm pumped. 730. We don't have you to be what? served food. But I got it. Megan, I feel like you're demeaning our what? chief. Yeah, you're, could I do that? <laughs> no. Could I demean something I like that, Gene? No. I don't know. Well, you I shouldn't. Don't, I don't think it's possible. Hey, look. <laughs> Saturday, I went to uh, Finley Market. In Cincinnati, yeah. which is yeah. an old, very traditional oh, open place. market, yep. wonderful place, stuff. very hip, down in a very hip emerging neighborhood. And I saw acts, more than one, uh, street performing, busking. You know, the op guy opens his guitar case, plays some music. One guy was playing stuff on the guitar and singing, and then his performing partner, and they, they would move about, and they'd always go where there was a garbage receptacle, the other guy's doing Congo drums on this, the top of this garbage receptacle. And I looked at that enviously, and I thought, and it got a little irritated, and, and I'm going to bring up Catfish again. 
We performed here one night on our own podcast, the Jerry Springer Trio. We did. Do you remember it? Trying to block it out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was here for that. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, instead of Peter, Paul, and Mary, remember we had Paul Stuckey on a couple episodes ago. If you're hearing us for the first time, you got to go back and hear that. It's a great interview Jerry did with Paul Stuckey of Peter, Paul, and Mary. So this was Jerry, Megan, and Jean. Jerry, Jean, and Megan. You got it. If it's Peter, Paul, <laughs> really? Mary, you got it. Jer- Come on. Okay, Jerry, Jean, and Megan. Can we do marketing. Why don't? No, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a word guy. You know? I'm a math guy. <laughs> Why don't I remember this? <laughs> what? I don't remember this. Yeah, there's the problem. <laughs> wow. Even, even really we don't. don't. I mean, we stood right there. Right there. We right in front of the shower curtain. We didn't. Right we, did, we, we joined another group, right? No. no, no we no. performed. Was I here? Jerry, Jerry you, Springer we, per, we rehearsed at I'm Jean's home. We did. Yeah. We rehearsed. Wow, buddy. We came in <laughs> and we did make We rehearsed a in your set. home. We did a, as we call it in the performance. In the biz. What did we say? In the biz. A set. Uh, the Banks of Ohio, maybe? Banks of oh, the Ohio. Oh, yeah. Down by the riverside. Oh, we hardly ever do that. We killed it. We killed it. But this yeah. was still when Eileen was our closing song. So this Irene, was not. Right. Yeah. And we led oh, Irene yeah. Goodnight. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, why have not our own, we employ these, well, we, yeah. you employ these people. Why haven't they said, well, I've got to get Jerry Springer Trio back into the rotation. <laughs> it's well, like it never happened. Because like, they remembered maybe, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they heard us. They, they, they were, were here. They were <laughs> yeah. here. They did hear us. See, that's it. Yeah. If you hear us, you're not going to ask us back. That's Would you be willing, would the two of you be willing, oh. some Saturday to go unannounced just to do what they do, walk down there, take out a guitar, and do a set just like they do it? Okay, a couple of summers ago, absolute true story, you and I and our wives, we go up to Charlevoix, Michigan. With Lewis Beck and with Patty, Patty, his Patty, wife. Right, and we have a lovely weekend there, the three Wonderful. couples. And you had your guitar. Correct. And you opened your guitar, and on the main street there, if you've ever been to Charlevoix, it's a lovely little town. It was a bet. I said, I'll go busk in downtown Charlevoix. You, you opened guys your said, guitar, no way. and we didn't want to stand next to you because it was embarrassing. No, you did not. So You we were across were, the street. We were across the street. To watch you to see if you started singing, and just would, like they do, would and people walk by, would people either stop and listen and throw a couple of quarters in, throw a dollar? They in? did that, didn't they? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. That's we my memory. <laughs> we were there for Alex. twenty minutes. <laughs> and yeah, it was. That's true. One guy came and started talking to you, but he never put money in. He it's just kept. He was a nice guy. You know what he did? <laughs> what? He left. And he says, hey, I've got my harp in, in my truck, his yeah. harmonica. He says, can I get my harp and, and join you? And I said, hell yeah. And then he, I think he threw in some money because I told him I'd give it back to him. I, you know, it's an yeah. image thing. He went to his truck, got his harp, came back, and he did some stuff. You know, he, he backed me. Yeah. But you made nothing. I didn't. I didn't make it. Gene's yeah. not great with financials. If we haven't yeah. figured this out yeah. yet, <laughs> you would have his, made his more money if you were just begging so you could get a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, if I just begged. If you just would have said, "People give walk me, by, I'm could hungry. You please you give me some, some change." You would have made more than with a singer. Right, and it wasn't because you really sang pretty well. Thank we you. were, and we were sitting and saying, "Hey, he's pretty good." Yeah, thank and people you. would walk. Most people <laughs> walked by and ignored him. Yeah, but once in a while, someone walked by. They stopped. And they just, <laughs> and then they started walking. It's disheartening. See, I couldn't do that. That four, four years ago, ago wouldn't handle that. Yeah, the rejection would be. Yeah, they could oh. have a rejection. Yeah, that's oh. true. About four years ago, 
So this is like in real time. This is not 15 years ago. I pitched an article. I write a lot of articles for Cincinnati Magazine. And I pitched an idea to him. I want to ask you if you'll do this then, if you won't busk. I've called him up and I said, got an idea for an article back in 1961 to, to nail down the exact date. I went to school every day in high school, and then I went to college every day for the first two, three years of college. I hitchhiked. Do you remember hitchhiking? Yes. Thumbing, you know, so you yes. thumb out no. and get a ride. Yeah. My dad called it bumming rides. Yep. I we, went we weren't to allowed my, to do that. <laughs> I went, well, I was going to ask if you ever did that. No. Okay. Yeah, you probably <laughs> shouldn't have. Yeah. No, uh, well, you know. Did you ever do that? No, my chauffeur would take me to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you would put your thumb out and feel good. Oh, I hitchhiked it because yeah. your Ooh, chauffeur cool would today. pull out. The chauffeur would. Uh, they had yeah. a separate driver. Yeah. Day. And that, there, you know, in that century, that's a difference. A cultural difference. I think difference. his name was Thorndike. Thorndike. <laughs> Thorndike drove me. Oh, the truth to is. To school every day. The truth is, in middle school, high school, Jerry, college, you were. Yes regular person, middle-class family. Mm. And, I, and I was too, by the way. We, we've talked about this, all kidding aside. You know, this, we're the same kind of upbringing. Yep. But I pitched to Cincinnati Magazine that I would then, like I said, it's about four years ago, I will go back to the same places at this age, 70-ish, I guess, when I did this, and I will hitchhike to all those same places. Just today, me. And my editor listen, and there was dead silence over the phone. She said, that's a great idea, but this, uh, this article will never happen. Why not? You won't get one ride. Nobody's going to pick you up. I told my wife I was going to do this, and she said, nobody will pick you up, so I'll be waiting by my cell phone to come get you. I went out for a week I hitchhiked all over greater Cincinnati, and you were northern up. Kentucky. I got rides everywhere. Yeah. If really? I stuck my thumb out, I got rides. And the article were you was wearing about, a short skirt? No. <laughs> I, you know what I did? Because it's, it's, a lot of it's about the appearance. I looked like, because I'd always say to people, why'd you pick me up? And they'd say, figured you were, first of all, college professors, what the, how they identified me. That's yeah, what they I saw. Could, I could see that. Yeah. Actually hit on blue jean, sport coat, T-shirt, and uh, computer satchel. case yeah. over my shoulder. I had one time five cops go by, the slow roll, mm. uh, county sheriffs. And boy, they looked at me, all four of them. And I thought, man, if they stop and bust me, the article gets way better. Sure. Because I knew the law. I oh, knew yeah. the law. The law was I could do this. And the fifth one came by, and the window goes down, and he said, nobody knew who I was, and he said, do you know right behind you is a bus stop? <laughs> <laughs> and I said to this cop, I do, I said, but I'm writing an article for Cincinnati Magazine about hitchhiking, comparing it to when I did it mm -hmm. as a kid, and I grew up right there, pointed to the building where I, where, above my dad's store. And he cracked up and he said, yeah, good luck. And he drove off and I saw him get on the radio and he called the dispatch to say, because <laughs> they're all saying, what the hell is this what's guy wrong, doing? What's wrong with this guy? He's yeah. a stuff. And everybody, a I got right. And that became the article about how I could get rise today and what the law is and what the danger level is. By the sure. way, it's no different than in the 60s. The statistics show it. No really? different than the 60s. Mm -hmm. Just as bad, just as good. No different. So, and women, of course not. Yeah. 
There was only mm. one time my car had broken down. I was probably 17 years old, and it wasn't far from work. Car broke down on 275 by Erlanger, and I had to start walking. And I think, like, th- I was terrified, absolutely terrified. And this woman, who was probably in her mid-30s, pulled over. And, like, I, I saw her stop, and, like, she was looking in a rearview mirror, and I was looking at her, and I went, oh, God, I was just terrified. You don't know. And I finally walked up, and she said, did your car break down? And I said, it did. And she goes, I'm the manager of this store right here. Well, it turns out she was the district manager that I was going to meet that day at work. It just oh happened God. to be. <laughs> it just happened to be. Yeah. That's wow. the only time that I've ever been stranded. But there were, like, three other cars that had kind of slowed down and stopped, and I was just palm sweating. I could hear my father in my head, yeah, like, yeah. you don't get in the car. You know? yeah. And I'm still thinking, like, sitting in this woman's car, like, I'm going to get killed. I'm going to get killed. My body's going to get dumped on the side yeah. of the highway. But and, that, and that occasionally does happen. I'm sure just saying does. it's no different sure. today. Yeah. Yeah, thanks it, for reminding it, me of that, Gene. That does yeah. happen. And by the way, there was but one. We could get someone else to be on yeah. the mic. Here. Somebody that doesn't take vacations <laughs> yeah. every oh three shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we're not covered. That's true. Hey, yeah. That's Go so ahead. True. Hey, seriously, Megan, next week, and we joke about it, Megan is. Uh, always here, and last week, yeah, and Except we explained last it. Week and well, you had a weeks flight, ago and but that wasn't your ago. fault. <laughs> no. We're going to redo my contract. No, <laughs> no but she's, she has air. a previously scheduled vacation, yes. and we're very happy for yeah. her. Yes. Going yes. on a cruise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, going on a cruise. It's exactly a year since we went to Cuba. It is exact. We left on May oh, 11th man. last year. Yeah. I, will, I remember. Yep. What a cool. Thank you, Jerry, for yeah, that. Oh, that was good guys. for the you don't have to. podcast, but my so God, cool. what a that was experience yeah, that I'd was. I'd like to do it again. Yeah, Pick it was pretty country. cool. Yeah, I, you know, and speaking of all that. I think we should go to Syria. You just said it. You just said it on air. Pick another country. I Everybody heard that, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so sorry, I buddy. <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gene suggested space. 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 Yeah, I propose we go into space. Anyway, you know, and speaking of all that stuff, who is in charge, Jerry? Is it Trump or is it uh, somebody else? Yeah, my... How's that for a segue? That was not <laughs> a segue. <laughs> I have this, not theory, I mean, just, you can't help as you're watching the news and everything that's taking place in the, quote, first hundred days and all that. You know, we're all obsessed with Trump, what he said today, what he tweeted today. And I really... And believing that Trump is just a sideshow. He's an, you know, a distraction from what is really happening. And except for one thing, which I'll get to at the end, he's basically irrelevant. He's not the power of the throne at all. We've talked on prior occasions of him basically being a puppet a puppet of at least two wings of the Republican Party. I don't know that an animal can have three wings, but let's assume just for the moment that there are two major wings of the Republican Party. There's the Bannon wing, which is the nationalist wing. And that story, just briefly again, is uh, Bannon is someone who has a very strongly held belief system He believes that the apocalypse is coming, that we're facing a clash of civilizations, that in our not-too-distant future, the world will be Christianity versus Islam, and we must prepare for this apocalypse, for this clash of civilizations. And he believes that the best way to get America prepared for that is for America to become ethnically pure, as he defines it, basically Christian and white. 
So his belief is we should do everything to make America Christian and white in total disregard of what America stands for. He believes we can no longer be a multicultural society. And so what he does is he wants to ban Muslims. He wants to deport Mexicans. He wants to disenfranchise African-Americans, blacks. And so everything is against all these groups to make America basically Christian and white, and then we'll be pure enough to take on the clash of civilizations against Islam. This is his view. I'm not being accusatory here. I mean, obviously, I don't like that point of view. But this is what he boldly writes about, talks about in interviews, you know, so that this is what he believes. And he and a few other people were looking for a candidate because it's no good to just have a view if you don't have someone that has an office of power. So they were looking for candidates for the past decade. For a while, as I mentioned earlier, they um, looked at Sarah Palin because what they were looking for is an empty vessel. They were looking for someone with no political philosophy that they could then put into this person's mind. If that person was electable, they were merely looking for someone who was electable and then didn't have a political philosophy so they could inject their own. And they saw that in in Sarah Pellin, but of course she self-destructed in a few weeks and that was the end of that. And then they looked for a while this past election cycle, they looked at Ted Cruz, but he had two strong beliefs. So even though a lot of his beliefs maybe were consistent with Bannon's, he believes too strongly on his own. He's too strong of a figure, so they couldn't control him. But here comes Trump, who doesn't read books. You know, we just saw a recent example of his lack of knowledge of history, talking about Andrew Jackson and the Civil War, though he died 16 years before the Civil War, you know, and he thought that Frederick Douglass was still alive. I mean, Trump knows nothing about history. He's never been interested in it. He's a you know, real estate guy or a guy who builds buildings and wants to put his name in it. But he had no political philosophy. It doesn't make him a bad human being. It's just he never studied it. But all of a sudden, he loves being famous. And, you know, he needs, he's a narcissist. He needs people to say, you're great, you're wonderful, you're the best, etc. And when they don't say it, he says it himself. So all of a sudden, Bannon sees him. This is perfect. This is a guy who he's famous, maybe we can get him elected, he has no political philosophy, he'll be happy to take anything because he doesn't know what to talk about, we'll give it to him. So that's the power behind the throne, they get Trump elected, and then Bannon works himself to be, well, first he gets himself to be head of the campaign, and then once elected, he gets himself to be the chief advisor to Trump. He even got himself for a while appointed to the National Security Council, got rid of the generals or the joint chiefs of staff. In other words, so he was really going to be the king. Well, he overstepped his bounds. People saw what he was doing, so they kind of pushed him out a little bit. But anyway, you have Bannon pulling the strings of this nationalist fervor, which results in Trump saying we ought to have a ban against Muslims and stuff like that. Thankfully, we still have courts that stop that. But that's the one force pulling the strings on Trump. The other, which is probably what is going to disappoint the Trump voters who initially had voted for him and maybe the last election had voted Democrat, may have voted for Obama. It's, you know, what we call the mostly rural but small town uh, middle America 
and Southern uh, white voter who feels legitimately, by the way, forgotten, and saw in Trump someone that would shake up the system and were willing to vote for Trump, not because they have a political philosophy, but just, oh, he's a crazy guy. I saw him on television. Let's vote for him. He'll blow up the system, and maybe now we'll get some help. The sadness, though, is that what we are finding is that everything he promised these people, uh, they are about to find out in time that they've just been screwed, that everything that's being done now, it's basically hurting lower- and middle-income people. We can talk about that later and even on another podcast. Anyway, but that group, the group, by the way, that is still in charge after all this election year talk about Wall Street and the establishment and the Republican Party establishment is finished and all that garbage. Wall Street and the Republican establishment, the military establishment, anything that you saw as the Republican bulwark is still in charge. They are getting everything they want. They are still in charge of Trump. The most obvious display is that virtually everyone in his cabinet or around him is a former Goldman Sachs CEO. Wall Street executives are basically putting all of Trump's policies together. And what you now see is Trump, by having the strings pulled, is doing everything that big business wants. Number one, doing away with all regulations. Number two, doing away with all environmental regulations, which interfere with business. And number three, proposing change in the tax laws, which are wonderful for me, wonderful for wealthy people, and screw everybody else. Specifically, the new tax laws, for example, number one, he wants to do away with the estate tax. Number two, he wants to drop corporate taxes to 15%. It's now 35 to 39%, based on how they work it. They want to drop it to 15%. This is exactly what Wall Street wants, to have the corporate taxes reduced. And the most sinister part is to change the law that would give the opportunity to some wealthy businessmen to be able to create a, quote, LLC and have their personal income be counted as corporate profits. In other words, make themselves personally into a corporation. So now, instead of rich people having to pay 40% federal income tax, they now only have to pay 15% under this new proposal. He is basically giving away the shop to wealthy, not just Wall Street, but just wealthy people. He's a, he's perfect for me if I wanted to be selfish. I mean, talk about, whoa. And everybody else, here's how the middle class gets ruined by these policies. Wall Street, perfect. Business, perfect. 
Low taxes, do away with regulations, do away with environmental regulations. Go do whatever you want to do. But for the individual, regular people get screwed. And the reason they do is when there's less money being paid in taxes, less revenue is being collected. And so the government goes into further debt. There's a greater deficit, which means the government has to borrow money. Well, when the government has to borrow money to pay its bills every year because they're not getting as much tax revenue in, the way they do it to borrow money is to raise interest rates. In other words, what's going to convince you to go and buy government bonds, which is loaning the government money? You'll do it only if you have a greater interest return on your money than you do when you buy stocks. So all of a sudden, the government says, buy our bonds, and we'll raise it to 4%, 5%. Interest rates go up. Well, if the government is suddenly offering all these high interest rates to get money, then every other business that wants to borrow money to expand its business, they have to compete. So they have to raise their interest rates too. So the economy does not grow. Just the opposite. This trickle-down theory that if you give rich people a tax break, the economy is going to work because they're going to go out and hire more people, that's garbage. Business doesn't hire more people because their taxes are lower. They only hire more people if demand is greater, people are buying their product. Let's say there's a car that you think is ugly. You don't like that car. You think... Because your taxes are lower, you're going to buy the car you don't want? No. If there is the demand for what you're creating, if there's a demand for the iPhone, if creativity makes something that the consumers want, then you hire more people because we got to make more of these phones. we got to have more of these cars. Whatever it is, you're trying to sell. So the only way you grow the economy is increasing demand. But if you raise interest rates, you can't increase demand because everything, including your home mortgage, is suddenly more expensive. This is what is happening with Trump. He doesn't know anything about this. His strings are being pulled. But big business is getting everything it wants. Everything. And we're all screaming about Trump's tweets like that's the problem. When the little guy that thought we better not vote for Hillary, she's close to Wall Street, you've been scammed. This is all Wall Street. Remember, just look at the headlines the last week. Big business. We're doing away with regulations. We're doing away with environmental regulations. And we're lowering the taxes of big business. And by the way, when the federal government gets less money in, they have to cut programs that affect middle and lower income people. And... If the federal government doesn't have money to give the states anymore because they don't have enough money, that means the states have to pick up these programs, which means state taxes have to be increased. So if you think you're getting a break in your federal tax, your overall tax bill is not going down. Your state taxes, your local county taxes, your school taxes, all that stuff goes up. And by the way, that's a more regressive tax. The sales tax is regressive. It's not based on how much money you have or earn. Everybody pays the same sales tax, rich people and poor people. And that is what is happening. It has nothing to do with Trump. 
He's the puppet. But Wall Street and big business are still running the show. Good analysis, Chair. Hey, if you ever wondered, and I happen to have I'm seen... I'm going to give that speech when I win the Otis. You got... Oh, see? Thank you. Talk about demand, was, creating demand. Yeah, creating <laughs> demand. Holy cow. I couldn't, I thought, what the heck would we say if we win that? <laughs> I, the, the rocket what rise, I think, is great. Gene, I think you should just go home and just go ahead and write that. Write that accepted speech. Just have, have it I don't ready. Know. Yeah, I, that'd hey, be good. That's the on the elevator. I'm not worried about that. Go yeah. and write. Rocket rise. Jimmy Jim's rocket rise. Reno, Nevada. <laughs> that one worries me, I will admit. <laughs> Got a little heat under the collar there. <laughs> there you go. I want to ask Andrew Hibbard to come up here, please. Yay. And let's give Andrew a round of applause. I, in 19, wow, long time ago, probably was 60-something, early 60s, I was lucky enough to see Bob Dylan when he was on his first tour. And you may have seen him too, Jerry, in the early days, or certainly through... I gave him a key to the city. That's right. You want to just right. have someone that'll ruin every story yeah. you've ever told? Oh, right. But you were sitting in row 47 at some stadium concert. Exactly. That's true. Good. You are so lucky. True. Taft, Taft uh, Auditorium. I have no friends. No. I'd be nice to him. I know. <laughs> yeah, right. right. You're right. Oh, it's all right. Anyway, if you're wondering what Bob Dylan looked like, sounded like, and what his spirit was, he was a young troubadour. Andrew Hibbard, and this is the second time I'm on, yeah. on our show, and yeah. we love Andrew and the music that he does, but he really, and I'm not saying that Andrew Hibbard tries to be this, but he struck, strikes me from my memory as what Dylan looked like, sounded yeah. like, I had, and he does his own, writes his own songs. Yeah, I had you more as Joan Baez, but no. no <laughs> see, now that's a smart ass. Yeah. You know? no. That's not a quip. No, that's, that's a smart ass. Anyway, uh, Andrew, do a song for us, then we'll talk on the other yeah. side of it. Thanks. That's what I have no friends. This one's called uh, One Percenter. Okay. It's a little about what, what Jerry was talking about a little yep. bit ago. Nice. I'm a one percenter Hello girls and boys I am a one percenter What you tried to build I will destroy My children are all swell While yours work and they slave And I make what you make In ten years and two days Wear all my jewelry that I'll take to my grave Cause I'm a one percenter And I'm one percent of the world I am a one percenter Living in the land of the free I am a one percenter And you will never take my money from me million is fine, a billion is mine A trillion and I still will not draw the line 
So get you a glass and just toast to my wine Cause I'm a one percenter And I'm one percent of the world I own 300 shares inside of the complex and military So line up all you young boys and be the best you can be Take this fine rifle and use it with skill And if it plays out the wrong way it just was God's will I'll reap all the profits, so kill or be killed Cause I'm a one percenter And I'm one percent of the world My children are all taught my values To value the heart-wrenching greed My children are all taught by their daddy And they wanna be just like me Attend Harvard and Ivy League school Where honor and respect are only for fools Here's a drop while I swim in my pool Cause I'm a one percenter And I'm one percent of the world Thank you There, there really haven't been that many times when a song's been written about me. I really appreciate it. I want to thank you so much. You know, I, I, I compared... the same thing as he was singing it, but yeah. that's okay. I compared Andrew to Dylan. That was great. Really oh, thank you. But that sounded a whole lot... That was reminiscent of... Because I never say somebody's copying somebody else, but it was reminiscent of Woody Guthrie. And I'll assume you've studied some Woody Guthrie music. Oh, I love Woody life. Guthrie. Yeah. Okay, there you go. But that sounded like a Woody Guthrie song of if Woody Guthrie was alive today. That's a real compliment to you. Oh, Andrew, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's a really oh, well-written man, song and, yep. and really in tune with the times. Uh, you have a record that you just recorded on an old-school tape recorder, correct? Yeah, yeah. Tell us uh, a little bit about that, and that's coming out soon, right? Oh uh, yeah, um, I have to. I'm going to go mix and master it this Sunday up in uh, up in Dayton. Okay. With uh, the producer who did it, uh, Zach Gabbard is uh, a guy, a guy in a band called Buffalo Killers. And All right. He, he played around. You know, he toured with the Black Crows and with nice. the Black Black Keys. Right. So and these all, are all good things black. Bands, yeah. So. All right. Black Crows. Keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh well, he also toured the White Stripes. So just colors. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's not discriminatory. Yeah, yeah. with everybody. <laughs> he goes with both, except, except Mexicans. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, he uh, he called me up one day, and I didn't know the number or anything, and I thought he was trying to sell me something. So yeah, I didn't really. I I hung up on him, and then I I believe he called me back, and then he was like, no. Uh, I want to do a record with you. I got an old tape machine, and I heard your old record, and 
want you to come in and try it on this. And I said, okay. So I got my friend uh, Chris Erbacher, who plays uh, lap steel, and uh, my friend Dan Peterson, who plays drums, and we went up there and recorded it in the day. Uh, I think there's 11 or 12 songs on it. and uh, Nice. we got to go mix and master it, and uh, we're hopefully going to be getting that done and making it. Good. Good deal. Watch Good for, for you. If yeah. people want to hear your music, how do they do it? you have a Facebook uh, Yeah, you can go or? on Facebook, my website, andrewhibber.com. You can go okay. on... Uh, H-I-B-B-A-R-D, H-I-B-B-A-R-D. first name Andrew, A-N-D-R-E-W, and then H-I-B-B-A-R-D.com. Yep. There you go. Yep. You can do that, or you can go on... Uh, Band, you know, all the streaming sites, Spotify, Bandcamp, yep, you can go on all those. Yeah. Good. Do a second song for us. This yeah, one's called sure. Changes, right? Yep, this one's called Changes. Okay. Andrew Hibbert. Is this about me? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's about the change that I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have time. <laughs> have declined in my nose it can quite hardly breathe and my liver has processed a body quite like the sea somewhere I know that peaceful place just waits for me so until then I'll change Till I'm set free My voice has grown coarse And my veins they've seen misery My blood, it was thinned while a black tar grinned patiently. Mama, 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 please don't look at me. Cause these changes I've gone through might make me quite hard to see. Somewhere I know that peaceful place just waits for me So until then I'll change Until I'm set free
Changes, 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 oh come on to me Looks, feelings, and mostly my little memory Mama, 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 please don't look at me These changes I've gone through might make me quite hard to see. Somewhere I know that peaceful place just waits for me. So until then I'll change, until I'm set free. So until then I'll change. Hey, by the way, Thank you. and I learned this as I came in, uh, Andrew uh, brought his own guitar and then broke a string, and so he's playing a house guitar, right, yeah. to do yeah. this on, and uh, from the basement of the Folk School Coffee Parlor, of which there are a number of guitars, and some are pretty um, decent. That's a yeah. decent guitar. Yeah, it's an old one. I like it a whole lot. Yeah, Vega. yeah. Hey, take us out on uh, down by the riverside, and maybe you let Jerry Springer join you. Yeah, sure. On yeah. The second. Good Let's decision. Do yeah. Let's, do <laughs> Let's do it, Jerry. <laughs> Andrew Hibbert, Jerry Springer, down by the riverside. Because we are down by the riverside. Exactly. Yeah, the river's right yes. behind us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lay my heavy load down by the riverside. Down by the riverside, down by the riverside, I'm gonna lay my heavy load down by the riverside, down by the riverside. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Gonna lay down my sword and shield Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I ain't gonna study war no more. I ain't gonna study war no more. Ain't gonna study war no more. I ain't gonna study war no more. I Come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>